Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out all of our podcasts to discover all of the previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter at irish underscore tech news and at facebook.com slash irish tech news. Okay, so today on the podcast, uh, we have someone whose work is very interesting, uh, very positive, and will also bring a different perspective uh, because they're based in uh, Norway. So first of all, uh, hi, hi, and thanks for coming on. And who are we talking to today? I'm uh, Erik Solheim uh, from a minister in Norway, and I've been with the OECD and with the United Nations and in different places. And it's my pleasure to speak to you, Simon. Very much looking forward to this podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so um, I guess, first of all, for those who don't know about you and your work, um, what is it that you work on now? And has it been a logical progression to, to the things that you are advocating and supporting now? My main focus uh, on the moment is how to <laughs> make this planet better when it comes to nature, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to pollution, when it comes to all the big environment issues of the day. Uh, I'm the president of the Belt and Road Green Investment Institute, which tries to make all the huge Chinese foreign investments greener, meaning less coal and more solar, and that the big infrastructure corridors are taking in a green direction. But I'm also working with India, uh, with some companies in Singapore, in Hong Kong, and different parts of Asia. And here in Norway, I'm involved in the biggest industrial group in Norway, Ake, which is working to avoid plastics and to set up uh, systems for the uh, recycling of plastics, particularly in Ghana. Awesome. And and these were a couple of the reasons why I was interested to talk with you. And you feel that we have a case for climate optimism. Now, there's a lot of technologies that potentially could help. At the same time, we are in a very serious situation. So, so why do you feel that we have grounds for climate optimism? Uh, Lenin once said that there are decades where nothing is happening. Hmm. And then there are years where decades are happening. And I think 2020 was a year where decades were happening. The turnaround on the environment in the world in the last year has been unprecedented. I mean, look, President Xi of China has promised that China will be carbon neutral by 2060. It was not expected by anyone. And right after they did it, South Korea and Japan came on board with similar promises. In Europe, the European Union is working on Green New Deal, not just to save the environment, but to save Europe. Uh, and then the election, of course, of Joe Biden in the United States of America. He's bringing in the, uh, the green uh, dream team of people. John Kerry as his international envoy. Uh, great people in all uh, national positions in the United States. So when you combine this fantastic efforts, both in China and other parts of Asia and in Europe and in North America, uh, we are in the once in a generation situation where, where we can make real big change happening. Um, yeah, look, I mean, and, and like you say, um, sometimes uh, decades can go by with little happening, but equally, uh, we, we don't need to invent the technology to solve some of our issues. It's already uh, built and ready to go, which I guess is why you feel that point of view. And I, I think there is definite uh, grounds for hope. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Biden plans to uh, 
rejoin the Paris Accord and reverse a lot of things. So I guess there is scope for this. Um, with with companies that you work with and you aim to roll this out, how do you have the conversation to ensure that they really understand, that they deeply integrate these things and that it's not just greenwashing? How, how do you ensure that it's a holistic and systemic change rather than just uh, a superficial one? Underpinning everything is hard logic of e economics because there was one uh, development model uh, which was prevalent everywhere in the world, starting in the United Kingdom and spreading to, the, to Europe, to the United States, to Japan, to Korea, to China. And that was first we pollute uh, and then we clean up. Because at the time there was no way you could create affluence in society without coal and fossil fuels. Now, over the last decade, the price of solar has been reduced by 90% in 10 years. That's mm -hmm. much, much more important than any climate uh, talks. And it makes a new development model possible everywhere because you can develop on the basis uh, of solar and wind and other renewables. India is a clear case in point. I mean, one plant, coal plant, is put into the shelves after the other. Uh, and India is moving fast ahead uh, with the lowest price of solar anywhere in the world. So it's a complete new logic in the world. In the past, it was, do you want to develop or do you want to take care of Mother Earth? Do you prioritize economy or do you prioritize ecology? That's the 20th century. The 21st century is how can we get any number of new green jobs uh, while prioritizing the green shift in the economy? How can we make life of people better uh, while going green and taking care of Mother Earth at the same time? And this logic is, of course, what I present to all the companies. And the, the great news is that many, many, many of the big companies in the world uh, are already uh, adopting this message. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. I mean, we, we've reviewed a few books uh, where the uh, 17 UN SDGs uh, are out there and companies are embracing understanding that you can't just pick one. You have to do a lot more. Um, Recently, you've you've had uh, more involvement with the Green Party, and so across Europe and in Ireland and in other countries, we saw Green parties uh, do better in elections and um, come closer to government. Um, with 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 the US uh, and and the whole flip side of that, and you know Trump's uh, climate denialism. Um, are we moving forwards or are we still going to see uh, some people do as little as possible for as long as possible? Or, or, or is the wave nudging people that we have to do this more? How do you feel things are going on that one? Of course, there are always late comers to history. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that was the case when uh, the world got out of, out of slavery or then we started working on the women's empowerment or when we fought racism, whatever issue came up in historically, they were latecomers. But there are, of course, also frontrunners. And frontrunners are now on the environment, in fact, more in business than in politics. I mean, look to the United States, where, where Trump for very, very long tried to do his very best to destroy the environment. But mm -hmm. there was not one of the big companies who came forward and said, oh, we agree with you, Mr. President. They all said, we happen to disagree uh, and look to the situation now. I mean, let me, uh, Amazon has promised to purchase 100,000 electrical vehicles for the, uh, for carrying all the goods. Apple is investing in the biggest windmills in the world in Denmark. 
and Microsoft has promised to be a, a carbon negative company by 2030. Not only that, they have promised to uh, compensate for all uh, in, uh, emissions in the history of Amazon. Hmm. And they have promised to be a zero waste or zero plastic companies with no cl plastics thrown out to the environment. So the big business of the world now tends to be far ahead of politics, not hiding behind uh, political leaders, which were very often the case uh, in the past. Personally, I'm working with a company called April or RG, which is the world's biggest paper and, uh, paper and pulp company based in Indonesia and Singapore. They have made huge commitments uh, for a recycling economy uh, and they have, uh, they have conserved a, also some huge tropical forest in uh, Indonesia. <laughs> Interestingly enough, these, uh, these um, forests which are under private conservation are better protected than the than those which are protected by the state of Indonesia, simply because they have the fiber grades and all the all the equipment needed to to protect the forest. Um, here in Norway, Arke Group, which I'm linked to, they uh, going into 2020, the Arke Group saw itself basically as a oil uh, oil service company, getting out of 2020, it's turned into hydrogen, uh, offshore wind onshore wind, carbon capture and storage, and will soon, I think, launch plastic recycling uh, activities. So it's a huge, huge shift in business everywhere. But indeed, mm -hmm. we need frontrunners who push business to do more. We need political leaders who are brave and regulate markets in the right direction. Yes, and 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 again, uh, several books recently have been talking about how business can probably drive things forward faster. I guess it's both a mixture of business, the people that work with the businesses, public feeling, and it's almost that they are ahead of many politicians. So uh, what you say does make sense. Um, so so obviously at the same time, we've had a global planned pandemic for, for most of 2020 and probably for another Q1, Q2 at least. Um, has this helped or hindered the rollout of the projects that you've been advocating and going forwards uh is is it potentially something that that could be a that could that could help with paradigm change or or, or how's it been for you and what are your thoughts on the intertwining of climate change and the impact of the pandemic as bad as covid19 has been for the environment, it has been very, very helpful. I mean, of course, this is a catastrophe. We, we, we must never forget that. Two million people have died uh, globally. I've had mm -hmm. COVID, I have COVID my, myself, by the way, and it was a very severe disease. I recovered well, but it, it's, not a, it's not a flu. It's not a, not a cold. It's a serious disease with huge impact. But for the environment, it has been very helpful in a number of ways. I mean, it has showed the world that we do not need to travel as much. We can do a lot by, uh, by uh, Teams or, or Zoom or other mm -hmm. digital tools. It showed the world in a very visible way the benefit of less pollution. I mean, in northern Indian cities where they haven't seen Himalayas for 30 years, all of a sudden they could see Himalaya mm. in many cities. Uh, uh, animals have come back I and mean, there were penguins walking the streets of, of Cape Town. There have been bears in, in Barcelona <laughs> and there in, in, in big cities in Japan. So it has shown the benefit of taking care of nature. It has shown that political leadership matters. I mean, those nations with 
great political leadership and strong commitment, like say South Korea or New Zealand or Singapore, just to mention a few, have come out of the virus much, much, much better than nations with poor political leadership, some of them in Europe and for sure in the, in, in, in the United States. And finally, the drop in the oil price, which came at the beginning of this year, was a wake-up call, I think, for the entire energy industry and completely transformed the pattern of, uh, of investment. Uh, you now see Exxon has been thrown out of the New York Stock Exchange. They were replaced uh, by a, a high-tech uh, company from San Francisco, the Salesforce, just to show that en energy companies have very little value now, while the high-tech digital companies are enormously valuable. And these companies can, of course, provide a lot of the solutions for the environment change. So overall, uh, there has been huge benefits for the environment from this year, even if it had been a very sad year with lots, lots and lots of suffering. Yeah, like you say, uh, a mixed bag, but with very strong potential. Um, one of the other things that you're passionate and you're involved in is the campaign against plastic pollution. So, I mean, so so we live by the sea and obviously Nor Norway ha has a large coastline too. So, so a lot of what can wash up can come from all over the world. Uh, now, you feel, I mean, so I've seen a few uh, technological solutions where you put these things out in the sea to collect and, and deal with the, the floating islands of plastic out there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and, and why do you feel that potentially uh, we, may, we may be able to make an impact on that? There is a young Dutchman, Boyan Slot, who has invented a lot of devices which can capture plastics in the sea and has tried to put, uh, put it out in the Pacific. But obviously the main solution to the plastic problem is at source, it's at land, because plastic comes from land and it must be stopped at land. Uh, very briefly, there are three solutions in my view. Number one, to avoid. Let's avoid all the plastic products we don't need. And that's what the European Union is now doing by uh, prohibiting plastic cutlery or, or many other items which we simply don't, don't need. I mean, we, we have been drinking from, from cups in our entire history of humans and we, we don't need plastic, plastic, plastic cups for, uh, as an example. Uh, and then secondly, to get into new and more environment-friendly products, for instance, making plastic from sugarcane or from potatoes. There are lots of experiments uh, in this in different parts of the world. And finally, still the main solution, which is of course recycling. All the plastics which is produced and put out there must be recovered and recycled. And the responsibility for that at the end must be with the companies. That's the polluted pace principle. Those who put the plastics into the market must be responsible for making sure that it, it's brought in and recycled. And that's all the plastic producers. And it's all the big companies are using plastic, like say Coca-Cola or Nestle or, or Unilever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look, and like you say, if, if, if you don't create a non-recyclable plastic in the first place then you don't have to fish it out of the ocean later so it is about closing the loop on that one uh, and and like you say i have seen some of the videos for the dutch guy and it is pretty cool so hopefully it can make a difference and at least i guess with the plastic islands you know where they are to some degree although microplastics are uh, a big issue too which is harder to do um with the companies you advise and the people you work with uh and, and therefore for our listeners too, uh, what are the best ways that people can make a positive impact both in what they do and, and with their companies? Uh, so both, I guess, at a personal level and more at a business level. 
I think it's kind of a universal recipe for what brings change in society, and that is a strong public opinion demanding change, political leaders regulating the market, and business finding all the scalable technical solutions to the problem. On plastics, I mean, it's very, very useful if people are collecting plastic and beaches and creating an atmosphere where, pe where people understand we cannot live this way any longer. Plastic at beaches is a huge problem. And we may also get plastic into our bodies from the, from the air, from, from, from water, from eating fish. And it, it, we, we don't know the exact uh, impact on our bodies, but it's for sure not good, good for us. So create the opinion and contribute to that. Secondly, demand action from political leaders and political leaders need to regulate markets. And in particular, they need to establish the, uh, the extended producer responsibility scheme, which makes business who put plastic into the market responsible for getting it out of the sea or out of the rivers or, or nature. And then finally, of course, work with all those companies who are now trying to find technical solutions. I mean, in my case, I'm working, as I said, with Acker. Acker has um, had the aim to set up a plastic to fuel um, uh, facility in Accra in Ghana, uh, which will help pay for the collection of plastic at beaches and uh, in neighborhoods, and particularly the poor neighborhoods of Accra, and then turn these uh, plastic into a sellable uh, product like diesel or nafta, and then pay for the entire cost by that. And, if it's successful to establish a model for how uh, the cleaning up of plastics from, from the commons can be done in, in basically any other city in Africa or, or in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, very, I think so, yeah. Um, so for you to remain up to date, uh, wh how, where do you get your information from and who are your sources of inspiration? Oh, there are so many inspiring people. Let me just mention one which I know personally because it shows what one person can do. That's uh, Afros Shah. He's a, he's a young lawyer in, uh, in Mumbai, in India. One day he watched his beach from his, from his window. I mean, he had grown up at that beach and he looked down on it and he saw half a meter of hard packed plastic. I mean, that's a pollution you can not even think of uh, in, in Europe. Because no, no one was playing soccer or cricket at that beach. No mm -hmm. young couple was walking the beach. Uh, no fisherman was there. No, 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 no one. Completely empty. And what, what did he do? Well, he, he didn't call this member of parliament to put out a newspaper article. He simply went down to the beach and started cleaning. And in the beginning, there were two. Then there were ten. Then there were in the hundreds. And at the end, uh, after Shah has mobilized hundreds of thousands, and this is no exaggeration, hundreds of thousands of people to clean the beaches of Mumbai, this great, huge Indian city. And through that also creating a political movement, uh, Mahatma Gandhi style, uh, mm -hmm. which ca called for changes in consumption, uh, in business uh, and in politics. So the scope for individuals to change the world is enormous and I'm inspired by people like Afros and there are tons of these types all over the world who start changing mothers in, in the direction we need. Yeah, look, I mean, and, you know, obviously uh, for us over here, uh, Greta Thunberg has been great because uh, I think it takes a range from scientists and experts, but also people that are just uh, passionate and like you say, who take action and therefore it, it often then is the catalyst that moves many others on as well. And so 
I think I think people are uh, willing to push for it and less willing to stand for things that they're not happy with. Um, so that's the, I think that's a good answer. Um, how can people find out more about you and your work uh, to therefore learn from what you're doing? Most easy is to follow my Twitter account uh, because there I put out both uh, reports from the activities I'm personally involved in, but I also try to put out put out the great positive stories of what people are doing all over the planet, because uh, India and China together is 40% of humanity and not so much covered in Europe. I give a priority to news from these two great nations, but I also cover positive stories from America, from Europe, and from, from all, all over the world, because I think nothing is more inspiring than uh, seeing someone else doing great stuff, and then you, then you can maybe learn from it and, and, and do similar things uh, yourself. So following, following me on Twitter would be the easiest way. Uh, but of course, the, the Belt and Road Green Development Institute ha, ha, uh, has its home pages, and there are many other ways to follow the things I'm doing. Awesome. Uh, so it's it's I, I've certainly found it interesting the things that you share on Twitter and like you say, uh, it it helps to inform the dialogue when you can push back on people that don't agree and say, well, it's been done somewhere else. Um, so it's been uh, very interesting to talk to you and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks. It's my pleasure, Simon, and thanks thanks for what you are doing to spread great messages to the world. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. You can sign up for more at our email digest, which does a weekly summary of all of our podcasts, or you can follow us on your preferred podcast platform, or follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news, or Facebook or LinkedIn, or our website, irishtechnews.ie. Thanks for listening.